0: One, two, three, four! You gotta know when to rank 'em, Know when to spank them. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a rhyme for that. That really works.
1: I was like, where are you going with this? No
0: one to stank him. I I don't don't know. I'm going to give up on that one. I think that's a failure from the word go. From the word jump, I didn't make it on that one. I'm sorry. Hello, friends. (laughs) Welcome to episode 78 of Rankin' the Beatles. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Jonathan, over here to my left, looking lovely today in a uh, heather gray, bluish uh, jumper. Thank you. The lovely Julia.
1: Hi. Hi,
0: how are you, my dear?
1: Uh, pretty good.
0: Yeah, how's your day?
1: Uh, that's fine.
0: I feel like I've barely seen you today.
1: It's been a busy day. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I've been hungry down on my computer doing a lot of research.
0: Today. Ooh, research. Research. Doing the data. Collecting the data. Collecting the data. Studying. Filling out
1: forms. Ooh. Getting dates. Yeah. Not it, dates like we're I was about dates, to but say. Um, like y- dates, dates, like calendar dates, I guess. Um, for things that have happened in my family,
0: gotcha, gotcha. Intriguing. Births and deaths
1: and marriages and divorces. Oh and my! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's a lot. Yep,
1: it is. Well, very so cool. That's, that's where I've been today. Good. I feel a little eyeball tired. Sure. Yeah.
0: Sure. Well, the good thing is you have to do this podcast with your ears and your mouth and not so much your eyes.
1: I mean, our guest is going to. That's be true. On we video. will see
0: our guest yeah. on video. So that's true.
1: It's fine. uh, I'll just be a little
0: bit. I think you'll get through it. I'll get through it. I'll I'll be fine. I'll
1: soldier through.
0: I believe in you. (laughs) Well, friends, if this is your first time here, welcome. Uh, what we do here is we have a list of 223 songs recorded and released by the Beatles, and I have ranked them in my own order of least favorite to most favorite. uh, being that, you know, I say that because I love all these songs, no matter what. So I don't dislike any of them i'm a fair man i love them all but everywhere needs a home according to this podcast (laughs) um but uh this uh this week we are uh looking at number 138 we've made our way from 223 to 138 significant progress yeah we're we're chopping away man episode 78. love it um y'all our guest today is a comedian an actor author writer comedy historian producer and musician uh you've seen him on tv shows including the x-files The Larry Sanders Show, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Silicon Valley, and in films such as Legally Blonde, 51st Dates, 40-Year-Old Virgin, Step Brothers, and I think like 97 other films. He's been in a ton of films. Um, He was the head monologue writer for Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, and he's the author of several books, including recently The History of Stand-Up. He also teaches stand-up performance and a critical studies course on the history of stand-up at the University of Southern California. His latest project is the recent HBO documentary, George Carlin's American Dream. Wikipedia tells me that he's appeared on over a hundred podcasts, but none on that list have quite the esteem of ranking the Beatles, I would I would guess. Oh, definitely not. That's probably not, not true.
1: It's definitely
0: not true. No. <laughs> so somehow he's here, and I'm excited about it, though. <laughs> Y'all, please welcome to the show, Wayne Fetterman. <laughs> Wayne, welcome to Ranking the Beatles. How are you, man?
2: Uh, well, thank you. We... Just so your listeners know, we've already spoken, so you already know all of this. Yes. That <laughs> yeah, I just
0: wanted to make sure that in, the, in the, the 10 seconds you walked you walked off camera, everything is still yes. good. <laughs>
2: Thanks,
0: Jonathan. For sure. Well, welcome to the show. We're really excited to have you here. Um, I'm, I'm really kind of flabbergasted as I look through your credits at all mm-hmm. the things you've been involved in and all the things that you, that you do. Um, you know, One, how do you find the time to do all of these things? um that's you know my first question is you must be a very very busy man
2: well i just i like to div- <laughs> i like diversity, so i'd like doing different things- like that's my that's my jam so but it's not like i'm like anyone would would know me from either my stand up or acting career you'd you'd have to really be kind of a deep dive stand up fan or acting to know me so it's not like Oh my God, uh, he's he starred in all these movies. But I, I just, I like working and I like doing different things. Yeah. Yeah. Very
0: cool. Um, and you, you've got this recent uh, George Carlin documentary out. Um, how did that yes. come about? What's kind of the, the history with that for you?
2: Yeah, that's, uh, well, believe it or not, I'm, fingers crossed, I'm up for an Emmy Award. Oh so my God, that's amazing. Next, next time is right now nominee. No, oh I'm my the whole, God. You're our yeah, first. I
0: well, I think you're our second Emmy nominated. Uh, guest that we ever had on this show, Michael Cerverus, I think, was Emmy nominated. Oh, yeah, well, is. congratulations, that's, so that's amazing. Congrats. Well, I'm
2: thrilled to share that with you. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, let's see, let's see. I still have my PAL football, flag football trophy from uh, 1969. <laughs> so. Hopefully will be my next win. Yeah, right. hopefully you'll
1: have like something to occupy the shelf. A second trophy. Yeah, to occupy thank the you. Shelf. Thanks for
2: understanding. Yeah, that. I appreciate it. Oh, you guys.
1: So, as someone with I, zero trophies, I I sit none? in the of you. You I, have a trophy I, husband. No trophy. Though. Oh, look at that. Thank wow. That. Okay, everyone, just like hit pause and close the podcast Wait. app. It's done. Unsubscribe or toast. <laughs> that was so bad.
2: So, just real quickly, I. I, I've i known Judd Apatow for, since he was in college, mm-hmm. like when he was at USC. And so we've always had a kind of friendship, working relationship. He throws me into his movies every once in a while, nothing crazy, but I was part of Gary Shanling's weekly basketball game. Oh, wow. And so when they decided to do the Gary Shanling documentary, uh, at HBO, Judd brought me on as someone who might be great for research and help out with the interviews and just, I had never worked really on a documentary other than being interviewed and spewing facts. So, so that was great. And that documentary did very well for HBO and Judd won an Emmy and I, I was, it was just great. It was, I don't know if you know Gary Shanley, mm-hmm. but oh, yeah? it, it's a very personal look at a creative person. Mm-hmm. So when the Carlin thing came along, Judd was like, we're getting the band back (laughs) together. (laughs) Would you like to be on this? And I'm going to bump you up to producer as opposed to co-producer, which you can't win an award as a Mm co-producer. So, or be nominated. So I was like, yeah. And it was just when COVID was starting and I was like, yes, thank you. There was no negotiation. It was just, (laughs) yeah, offer yes. Yeah, that's, yeah. How, that's how desperate I was. <laughs> so yeah, yes, and so it was just a blast. Just because I'm a Carlin, you know, I would listen to early, early Carlin takeoffs and put-ons. Like I go way back with the guy, so mm-hmm. it was just a blast putting it together. And uh, that's it. And so people, right now, it's tomatoing. I like to make that a verb. Yeah, it's tomatoing <laughs> at 100. That's, that's amazing. Wow, that you can't get any higher. You no. can't do a 101. No. It's nothing. That's it. So That's brilliant. Fingers crossed, guys. Thank Congratulations. you. Congratulations. That's super so exciting. great. All right, yeah, yeah. I appreciate it.
0: And uh and when did um uh the history of stand-up book came, uh, come out? That was right before COVID or right at the start of COVID? That was
2: that was also during the Carl while I was doing the Carlin thing. Those were the two big COVID projects. You you're ranking Beatles songs right. yet yeah, <laughs> you're you're trashing on uh what's what song did you Dislike that I love. Oh, which one? Uh, Oh, hold me tight. Hold me Uh. tight. (laughs) Trash hold me tight. I'm like, what's going on here? (laughs) The long uh, and winding road. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I had already written articles for Vulture about the history of Mm stand-up. And so I just sort of expanded that and did it as a book. And that came out. So fantastic. if you're interested in the history, it's called The History of Stand-Up from Mark Twain to Dave Chappelle. Love it. I just do those. Basically 160 years. Yeah.
0: Fantastic.
3: Yeah,
2: Yeah, thanks. If you're interested, I know you guys don't go to movies. You're you're shut in. I don't know what's going on down there. A little bit. A little bit. All we have time for is
1: like work and Jonathan's shows. He's a musician. So that's like it. Uh, Like Uh every now and then we'll have a night off and it's like, we don't have anything to do we don't have anything to do. do? We're not going to do anything. And then you fall into (laughs) that, that
0: kind of repetition of like, well, let's watch something. And then you just watch like the same reality crap that you watched, you know, the last week (laughs) while you're also on your phone and falling asleep.
2: Rock and roll. (laughs) Can we talk about you and your podcast for one second? Because I was fascinated by the fact that you're like, I never really thought of it this way, but now it makes total sense that there's, people pick up the Beatles at different times, obviously through the years. Mm -hmm. And, and even the way you describe yourself as like a third generation Beatles podcast, like there's been waves of different podcasts. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's just fast. It's just fascinating. And and I can't believe, I really can't believe they have this hold, hold on me. They, (laughs) they still have this hold all these years later. It's really, it's, it's pretty remarkable.
0: There's the, the, there's not really an equal that I've found in any art or any right. category that has this kind of long standing, like massive appeal across <laughs> generation. I really can't think of I know. much.
2: Yeah. Right. Right. And I, you know, I'm old enough to remember like, you know, Sinatra was still around and stuff like that. And people will still like Sinatra, but there's not like this right. for Sinatra music. Right. There's not and,
1: 37 and Sinatra I'd, podcasts. Right. right.
2: Exactly. There's probably a couple, I would bet, though. Right. Oh, oh, I would I'd think there would imagine. be many. But it's not. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just it's really it's it's, it's staggering. I can't believe it. Thank you for letting me be part of it. Well, thank and... you for
0: agreeing to be a part of We're excited yeah. to have you on here. Yeah. I reached out to you.
2: Don't... I... <laughs> so this was me begging to be on your podcast. Well, and, and <laughs>
0: it, it, it comes from also you know mutual um, recommendation because Sean suggested that you would be great on it too. And uh, I think uh, it was right when we were going into a break. So the timing uh-huh. just kind of worked out where I wasn't reaching out to anybody and then you reached out and it was like, oh, well, perfect, let's do this. So uh, glad we could finally do it. You know, And as we talk about... Uh, kind of the fandom of the Beatles with, with people. I want to know kind of what's your origin story? Like, where did the Beatles enter the
2: picture for you? Well, this is interesting. Well, may might be interesting to you because I actually am pre-Ed Sullivan. I heard about the Beatles. Okay. Before they were even on Ed Sullivan. Yeah. And it's not because I lived in Hamburg or went to the Jacaranda Club or anything like that in England. But I did... Grow up in Silver Spring, Maryland, before we moved to Florida, and in the the end in 1963, this girl from Silver Spring calls a radio station and says, "Why don't you play some Beatles music on this AM radio station?" Now I this wasn't me, you know. I was like five, my, oh, but my I had an older sister who was twelve, so she was the perfect demographic for this. Yeah, 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 music, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they start playing these two songs. I want to hold your hand. And she loves you again. I never heard, please, please me or love me. I never remember hearing any of those. their their earliest, but those two songs were in heavy rotation on Washington, DC and silver spring. And not only the, are the Beatles coming next month to America, but they're coming to Washington to do their first concert, like a couple miles from my house. Wow! So it was like a local story where I grew up mm-hmm. about this band. And again, you know it was just a band i didn't know i was who knew they were going to be this thing so <laughs> so then i saw yeah so they came they came we i saw them on sullivan which was a uh bad experience for me because i had to go to bed after the first set they did two uh, sets yeah my dad made, and I was crying, and it was just terrible, terrible, Aww. just a really so horrific. Still remember? Yeah, it, it was don't really you? mean. It was really mean. And then when I started crying, it was like, "Yeah, this is why I don't let you stay up late because you get cranky and you can't handle
1: it." <laughs> now you're overtired. Look what you've done. Right, right.
2: right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I just remember this: the next time you want your birth, bedtime extended, <laughs> you can't handle it. Like, no, I just the okay, you know, and I didn't have the words, so, you know, just terrible. So. So, but I did see the first set of it. I barely remember what songs they played. I don't I don't know if it was She Loves You. I don't think it was, because I think I would remember that. But then the big moment for me, and the reason I am, and the reason I reached out to you a Ringo fan, is because the movie A Hard Day's Night comes out later that year. Mm-hmm. And I just want people to understand that up to that point I had only heard the Beatles through half-inch speakers. One-inch speakers on a TV set. It was just the smallest kind of little tinny thing. And then to hear that music in a movie theater Mm. with uh, those big speakers, it was, needless to say, a transcendent kind of experience. And in that movie, in my opinion, Ringo is the funniest guy in that movie. And then the next year, Help comes out, and he's the star of Help. It's about a ring on his finger like that is the the driving thing so i've always been ring has always been my favorite beatles because of that and his drumming and stuff so so that's it that's is anyone before am i the oldest so far on your podcast does anyone go back that pre-sullivan we interviewed
0: someone recently um yeah who had a similar situation in cleveland where somebody Call on the radio. They called the radio station in, mm-hmm. uh, or no? Some it was the day after Christmas. She said, of nineteen sixty-three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And That's they, about and the so, time and, they
2: released that record. Yeah, yeah.
0: And the copies were kind of trickling over very lightly to a few different stations, and uh, yeah. she'd heard them. Yeah,
2: but the reason the Beatles played D.C. is because there was a crazy fervor in D.C. about and silver spring is right on the border it's mm-hmm. just yeah. basically it's a yeah so that's why they play their first concert there not in new york or anything
0: that's really you know i i'd never w- questioned why it was in dc because they go to new york to do sullivan then they take the train to dc and i'd never wondered to myself well, why did they go to dc instead of doing Ask me why. radio city Ask me or- why clever i like that <laughs> are you just working as many titles in as you can i'm trying to, I tried to. <laughs> yeah
1: you're keeping like little tallies on the desk next to you you're like got them right, right.
0: <laughs> that's
2: right. so good i'll try not to let you down
1: let's go let's keep going let's go.
0: did you, you didn't see them when they played dc that no year
2: no that wasn't even uh, to tell you the truth like on my radar what even what a rock concert was or anything like, i didn't even know what any of that stuff yeah. was and my it's interesting my sister might have gone if she had pushed it or something with her friends but she de- she definitely didn't go. Yeah. But she bought that album Meet the Beatles mm-hmm. which is now not an album anymore. Right. <laughs> it's like no one cares about that thing but it was pretty huge. It yeah, was pretty huge for sure. Yeah.
0: How did uh how did you kind of follow along with their trajectory as cuz you said you were like 5 or 6 when they first mm-hmm. came.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, next I eight, was, so you're
0: 12 or 13 maybe when they break up?
2: Right. That yeah. So, yeah, so that's yeah, I was like 12. Yeah. So, they so again, older brothers and sisters who were big Beatles fans. So, mm-hmm. that's the only way and not all even all the kids in my class were into the Beatles that much, but I just thought they were just a band. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they were just it was like Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass was a band at the time. Her, yeah. So it was the Dave Clark Five was a band at the time putting out records. And then obviously in 65, the Rolling Stones hit. So there was just, it was just a tumbling of a thing. It wasn't like, ah, oh, this is. But I loved Ringo because of those movies. Mm. And thinking back, thinking about those movies, it's like they're so different than the Elvis movies, which was obviously Lennon's Idol in that. Elvis always played a character. He never played Elvis Presley right. from Tupelo or Memphis, you know. But the Beatles always played the, them. Those were the guys. They lived together. And so, I, I don't know. I, just, I have a real... I don't even know if those movies are good, to tell you the truth. But I, they, I hold them in such high esteem in my life. But sonically, they were incredible. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> they're just goofy. They were goofy. I don't. What do you guys think? Enough about me. I love you them, watch personally. those. I, mean, you...
0: I remember there was one small independent video rental store uh, in my neighborhood that had a hard day's night. And when I first got into the Beatles and found that they had that, I could ride my bike over there and rent the video, go back and watch it and bring it back the next day. And then the next weekend, go back and rent it again <laughs> and do that kind of ad nauseum until the guy was like, hey, you know, they got like a couple others. You want me to get those, too? I was like, oh, shit. Yes. So then he got in help. And I went and watched Hell, but uh-huh. it was color and it was so bright. And it's such a beautifully yeah. filmed uh, movie. It's, you know, I i don't know that the plot is necessarily great, um, but I would not, who cares about the plot? You're watching the Beatles be the Beatles and that's... And play Beatle music. Yeah. Like you're yeah. hearing the songs, you're watching the four coolest people you've ever seen get into some kind of hijink. And, uh, you know, and then yeah. Yellow Submarine, I, I don't remember if I saw that before I got into the Beatles, I feel like I must have because it was a cartoon and I feel like every kid watches that when they're really young. Right. But I remember kind of being disappointed. It wasn't actually them. Like right. I enjoy the last two minutes when you finally see them on screen. Cause it's like, Oh, there they are. It's not like a drawing.
2: Um, I'm with you hundred percent. When I was very disappointed in yellow submarine, saw it again, restored print a few years ago. Even worse. Even worse. <laughs> like, like this I, is terrible. Like, I'd, I
0: enjoy it when I've watched it as an adult, usually with a nephew or a niece, like a child. Right. But I'm also kind of just like, I'm here for the music until the last two minutes when the yeah. four coolest guys in the world show up on camera for a change.
2: What about you, Julia?
1: Ha, which movies have I seen? <laughs> like, which oh, ones nah. have I seen? You've seen I don't a, know. You've
0: seen A Hard Day's Night.
1: Oh, yeah. We saw That's that one black at the pretend, yeah. Yeah, we saw that in the theater. Yeah.
0: Have you? I don't know that you've seen Help. I don't
1: know that I have either. I don't oh think you've seen God. Magical
0: Mystery Tour. No. I feel like I tried to make to you me. watch that, and you were like, no. Nah, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah, it's not good. It's I've not seen good. enough clips that you've posted, and I don't want to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: For my money, it doesn't get much better than the Yellow Submarine episode of Wonder Pets. <laughs> <right>? Yes. <laughs> I don't was, know what that so means. Cute. I don't know what that means. So there... there's a, a, like, I guess this was, like, probably the early aughts. Yeah. When Jack well, no. It had to... Jack was born in 2007, so, so this had to be, like... Early
0: 2010s. Yeah. Okay, um, so 12 like, years ago.
1: Yeah, there was, like, a little... There was a kid's cartoon called The Wonder Pets, and it was... um, okay. it, it was very cute. It was a... Like a
0: duck a, and a squirrel and, and, a, ham- and a hamster. a no, hamster. it was like
1: a duck and a hamster. I forget. It was, like, a few little pets, and they talked, but they had cute little voices. You know, like, they were really sweet. Um And... They would have like little hijinks, but the whole show was like an opera. Like it was, they would have these songs that like sort of related to the the hijinks mm-hmm. that like they were getting to recurring
2: musical themes throughout yeah. the episode. Would, would this be for like three year olds? Would this be for seven year olds? I'd say this what? was
0: five to seven. Like it required a seven. bit of okay. a bit of
2: brain power. Mm. Okay.
1: Maybe, I don't know. Somewhere like in seven. there. That seems a little old. All
2: right. And so they thinking. did a yellow submarine episode? They is this what you're saying?
1: They did. They oh, did. It was very cool. cute. And they, What was this on? Kelp? Yeah. <laughs> kelp? Like they got stuck because they were in a yellow submarine and they got stuck in kelp? There was a band called
0: the Beatles <laughs> and they were four <laughs> beetles in suits that were in a yellow submarine <laughs> and the yellow submarine got caught in some kelp and they couldn't get to their concert. So the Wonder Pets had to go save and untangle the yellow submarine and... Mm-hmm. Uh, and they all had that they had accents, and it was you know it was great. I enjoyed that. It was thoroughly. really cute.
1: So, um, yeah, so I haven't seen them all. Um, you watched Get Back. I did watch Get Back. I think all of
0: it. Yes, all of it. Yes, okay. but you haven't seen Let It Be.
1: Uh, no, n- What is that?
0: That's the the original. Oh film no, from I haven't seen that. Right?
1: No, no, no. Yeah. I have not seen that. Um, I I actually really enjoyed Get Back. I thought it was good. Um, I thought it was interesting. Like, yeah, I liked it. Are you
0: up against get back for your Emmy?
2: Luckily not. <gasps> okay. But wait, wait, not for, I'm not, but for directing Judd is. Okay. So,
3: uh,
2: so yeah, that's not going to be good. I'm going to so, cheer uh, the, for you
0: guys. Cause I mean, the <laughs> Beatles don't need anything else. Let's be honest.
2: <laughs> no, that was a quite a moment. That was quite a moment last Thanksgiving when yeah. that came out. Oh God. But, yeah. Wow. For sure, and I and I saw the concert. The they had just the um, rooftop concert in IMAX, and I yeah.
0: Oh God, I wanted to go to that
2: so bad. Again, I'm all about the audio. If you're yeah, there's a theme. (laughs) There's a theme.
1: Yeah,
0: I really want. We had like a big COVID spike here when that came out, so we ended up not going, Mm -hmm. and I was super bummed because I really wanted to see that. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, Uh,
1: yeah, you know, I. That's that's, my origin. That's that's really interesting. I never thought about the the audio experience of like just hearing them because like I get home stereos maybe I feel like they got more advanced like maybe in the 70s. Yeah. Like so like home speakers weren't like you didn't have like big hi-fi you know kind of stuff and then you know TVs were like you said just like a little tiny speaker. Yeah. Right. so just And the like, radio
2: was only a I had never heard of FM until the 70s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah, so it was only AM radio, and these little transistor radio, which were just kind of becoming super popular. The little like five dollar radios, and so yeah. yeah. So it was again, it was it was a real you get it, you get it. Yeah, yeah. and listening to so their I saw... music
1: is such an auditory experience. Like just with the the way that they taught themselves, and I guess probably learned a lot from George Martin too, how to like layer music and like make it so lush, like maybe not at the very beginning mm-hmm. but as they grew as artists like it yeah it became more developed
2: mm-hmm. i guess Yeah, the whole story that's i think one of the reasons i'm into the band so much is there's just layer after layer of like what george martin did and this guy jeff Emmerich, and who who's this mal guy and you know there's just it keeps going on and on so mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: anyway that's <laughs> and that's my origin that's my beatles origin story and there's and why so I'm many... a ringo star there's, Ringo's my favorite Beetle. There's I so many it.
1: like parts of the story that like if one little thing didn't happen, like so much would be different.
3: Oh, yeah. Like
1: how many people were in that circle that had to be there to contribute and make them what they became? Mm-hmm. Like it's wild yeah. how just like the whole universe lined up for this to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy yeah. to think about what, we, I love what to do you ha- look out right I love to have a ringo stand on the show though I'm very excited about that
2: yeah <laughs> it's about time. I'm glad you're here oh, yeah <laughs> yeah I think he's you know I love his drumming and I could talk about him but let's keep going let's keep going
0: <laughs> how do you uh you know as somebody who's in, who's so involved in comedy what yeah uh, how do you feel about their kind of brand of comedy um you know what you see with you know either just kind of their the way they improv in interviews or you know even like a really produced thing. Like, you know, my name, look up the number where it's kind of a comedy song, but it's kind of just so weird. And you don't know if it's funny or not.
2: Well, I really think a big part of their appeal were those press conferences they gave, especially that first one in New York. Again, I didn't see it at the time, but looking back and seeing the anthology, I was like, Oh, I can see. They just charmed everyone. And there's also a socioeconomic element to this whole thing that, Again, I had no idea when I was a kid that I've since gone into in that that accent of theirs is like that's a working class, lower class accent. Mm -hmm. That's like that's not how posh people from London talk. And there's great stories of Ringo early on going down to London and talking to girls and just like being completely ignored because of that accent. So this. Kind of embarrassing. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess you could say this. You know, like maybe it was like if somebody had an accent from Alabama or something like that, and they're they're just like, and they became the face of the entire United States of America. Right. So that's what happened with the Beatles. They became the voice of. I, I guess along with, I guess my fairly anyway. There's more to it than that. <laughs> but I just always, I always think it's interesting that they. First of all, that they didn't sing in an English accent, A, that was interesting to me, unlike Jerry and the Pacemakers or Herman's Hermits or those other guys, and B, that they never like got a posh English London accent. Mm -hmm. And I think that went a long way, that authenticity went a long way to like charming those journalists in New Yorkers, you know, New York journalists, they've seen, you know, they've seen it all. They didn't didn't think anything of this and they were funny right off the bat. They're just funny. And I felt like there was sort of a one upsmanship going on all the time that they're always trying to find like a clever way to send, of course, by 1966, they're just tired of any interview. Right. Mm -hmm. It's really, it's really interesting. So, but I don't know. What is your take? What is your take on like, I do feel like their comedy was huge. And Obviously, all through a Hard Day's Night, especially, it's loaded mm-hmm. with gags. Yeah. But I really think Ringo excelled in that Charlie Chaplin montage where he's by himself and he runs into the kid and goes into the bar and he tries to take a picture of the camera. It's just like one gag after one visual gag after another. And it was just yeah incredible. No, I- Again... Julia, I know you don't know that movie that well, so I feel bad that I'm talking <laughs> it's fine. about it. You're this fine. At
1: all. It's okay. Everyone knows what I do here. <laughs> I'm the half-ass fan. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Okay.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think that's I think that's right on. You know, I think everyone that I that we've met from Liverpool, especially those people, yep. are just funny. Like there's just yeah. a, a natural sense of humor that they have. Um, I think with their humor, you know, there there's kind of that element of like one-upsmanship of kind of like razzing your friends when you've got a group of friends that are all really funny and everyone's just kind Mm -hmm. of ragging each other um and i think that kind of creates the blueprint for what everyone wants a band to be like nobody really wants to see a band of like sad bastards just kind of like giving really boring fact-based answers like they want like kind of that
2: Are you talking about Pearl Jam? What are you talking about? (laughs) Any band. I mean. Yeah, but a lot of bands are like that. They're very serious, introspective kind of things. Yeah. And yeah, I just thought it was a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Can I say one quick thing about Ringo also at that time that I learned later is that early on when Ringo joins the band, he's pretty quiet because questions are about the whole band, like thing and how'd you get it? Like he was the new member, so he didn't want to really speak up. So it was like it was literally John, Paul, George, and Ringo. Like Ringo was like this new guy in the band. And but when they came to America, he was as big as John Lennon. It didn't matter to us. Yeah. He was one of the bands. So you can see he's very funny in New York. On that train trip, I I think it's back from Washington, DC. He's like got the cameras around his neck. He's doing all the the shtick with the thing. So he's really like, oh. They don't care that I wasn't in this band. Yep. Like, I'm I'm in this band as much as anyone else. We're so all real. really come. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that was an interesting dynamic that I learned about later. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's a great point. I, I've never really... Thank you. I know I've always heard, you know, when they, when they came to America, after that, Ringo always had more fan mail than anyone else. Because all of a sudden, mm-hmm. it's a level playing field, and, you know, the one who's charmed everybody the most is lovable Ringo, you know?
2: And also, he's the only Beatle without his real name. Yeah. And also, he's you know he's just uh, in a way apart from the band. Like there's there's three guitar guys, and then some goofy looking dude with a big nose, you know, sitting behind it all doing that head shake thing. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I love it. That's my Ringo. Yeah. <laughs> um, you
0: know, can you point to any ways as either a, a writer or a comic or in your teaching or anything like that? Um, that the Beatles have kind of influenced you as in those occupations or in those, in those creative pursuits. pursuits. Yeah.
2: Other than, you know, I dabble in songwriting and stuff. I, and I teach myself music that I like to learn music through their songs. Cause I just feel like, oh, these guys never write a song. They're like the George Gershwins of their time, you know? <laughs> so, so, but in actuality, I don't think so. I just feel like they're just too big for me. They're just like, I don't even think of them sort of as regular guys. Yeah. So it's sort of hard for me to connect with them.
0: I can see that. I,
2: yeah. Like the, I know he, that's a bad answer, but it's like, there's not like, Oh yeah. The way he wrote, uh, I want to be your man made me <laughs> want to write a joke. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, no, nothing like that.
0: Well, I think if you are ready for it, let's, let's I'm ready. Let's hop in, and let's talk about this week's song. Coming in this week at number 138 my friends is Good Day Sunshine.
1: the sun is shining down, burns my feet as they touch the ground.
0: In the midst of recording what was at the time turning out to be the Beatles' darkest album yet, on a lovely summer day, Paul was feeling inspiration from a couple of sources that reveal themselves in the song Good Day Sunshine. Obviously, Paul's been known many times throughout his career to be influenced by nature and weather and environment around him, and this is one of those moments. On an early summer day at John's home in Kentwood... In Kenwood! You said Kentwood earlier! You were like, like, where Britney Spears is from? (laughs) On an early summer day at John's home in Kenwood, uh, Paul composed the melody on John's piano for Good Day, Sunshine, and with a bit of John's help, uh, worked out the lyric and composition of the song. Now, the other influence here was the Loving Spoonful, who were riding high in the UK charts at this time with the song Daydream, a bouncy, sunny song about the bliss of being in love, where the skies are blue, the sun is shining, and nothing can go wrong. Paul's even on record uh, giving credit to the Spoonful in a 1984 interview, as well as in his book Many Years From Now. Uh, spoonful leader John Sebastian mentions that his intent with writing Daydream was to write something similar to the Supreme's Baby Love, but in trying to approximate that, ended up with something very different and singular, as Paul kind of does here in trying to approximate The Spoonful. So the Beatles gather at EMI Studios on June 8th for a 12-hour session, spending a good bit of time rehearsing the song. They record three takes with Paul on piano, Ringo on drums, and possibly George on bass. Of the three takes, take one is considered the keeper, and Paul, John, and George overdubbed their vocals late that evening. The following day, they return to the studio for overdubs, including a second drum track from Ringo, the piano solo, which is played by George Martin, hand claps, tambourines, and the vocal harmonies that loop over the ending of the song. Uh, The song was released on Revolver in August of 1966, and as a single in the U.S., Paul re-recorded it for his 1984 film Give My Regards to Broad Street. Uh, The band, of course, never played it live, but Paul has played it off and on live since his 1989 tour. So why do I have Good Day Sunshine at 1.38? My favorite word that gets thrown around to describe Paul McCartney is jaunty. Uh, <laughs> now, jaunty is not usually used uh, in a positive manner for Paul. It's, oft, it's almost always meant to demean something, like mocking someone's jaunty little hat or something like that. Uh, but the Oxford Dictionary defines jaunty as having or expressing a lively, cheerful, and self-confident manner. Now, I don't see any of those characteristics being a bad thing, and I 100% see this as an accurate description of Paul McCartney, Or at least the persona that he puts out there. Um, I also see that as the embodiment of kind of the feeling you get when your head's in the cloud, happy and in love. Even if you're just trudging to work in your head movie, you're skipping down the street like Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins with bluebirds on your shoulder and nothing's going to ruin your day. Um, So that feeling should definitely have a soundtrack. And as he's known to do, Paul gives us one here to a T. I think this is kind of a super fun bouncy track. His vocal is spot on, filled with personality, but it's also really nuanced in the delivery. I can hear the seeds of Daydream and the vibe of the song, and also kind of the swing rhythmically of Baby Love. It's that kind of Motown swing, especially in how Ringo plays on the song. Uh, It's one of those tracks that definitely puts a smile on your face. Uh, There's a lot of flack, I think, given to Good Day Sunshine, along with Yellow Submarine and Got to Get You Into My Life, for songs being so damn sunny that they almost seem out of place on Revolver because so much of the album is heady and dark and serious. But it's kind of like a well-made meal. You need the salt, the acid, the sweet, all the different elements to make it balanced. And that's part of what makes the Beatles work. You know, It's not all just one thing. There's light and dark. There's good and bad, yin and yang. Um, if I have to find issue with the song... I'm going to place it squarely at the sonics of the stereo mix, and this is really nerdy, I think. (laughs) uh, Which is now the commonly available mix. Uh, It's panned so hard with the straight drum track and the piano on the left side, all the overdubs on the right, especially in headphones, it's kind of a jarring, difficult listen.
3: Good day, sunshine. Good
1: day, sunshine. I need to laugh. And when the sun is out,
3: it's a
0: shame because when you listen to the mono mix and everything's kind of running up the middle of the stereo spectrum, you hear exactly what they're going for. You know, adding the drum overdubs over just kind of a regular eighth note part makes the chorus so much more solid, but also makes it feel like one human doing the drum part. It feels like a band performance. Same thing with the pianos on the song. There's one piano playing eighth note chord, the other one's doing this kind of cool rolling bass part, but when it's separated so hard, it just seems weird. You know, when you put it all in the middle, it just feels like a band. You can actually kind of hear there's a tambourine on the track. You can almost kind of hear the bass when it's in mono. Uh, But I think because I've grown up with the stereo version, I've always found it kind of weird. It's kept me from maybe enjoying the song as much as I ought to. Um, I also think maybe it's a slight for not having any kind of bridge or something, but that's made up for with this great key change at the end of the song. So that's another part that's maybe done actually. I think the key change is a part that's also done a disservice by the stereo mix because in mono, the voices just spin around and it's really cool. Um, So maybe I'm nitpicking, but that's my two cents. Great song, lousy stereo mix, um, but a bit of much needed light in the middle of kind of a more dark and sinister album. So thems is my two cents. Wayne, what do
2: you say? Well, first of all, who writes that? Who writes what you just read? How do you? Do you guys do it together? Is it late at night? How, do, how does it all work? It's
1: night. I write all of it. It's all me. It's all my opinions. I'm a genius. I do all the research. Jesus. I do everything. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I do zero prep for this show.
0: <laughs> Usually, like 30 minutes before the episode, you're like on your phone listening to it.
1: Yeah, I literally. On your phone. Who is use this? Like Who is this Wayne Fetterman? The, Who is shitty Apple Notes app. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's. No, this is it's regardless of guests, like we could be talking to the president and I would still use my shitty Apple Notes app. It's fine. <laughs> so how
2: does it work? How does it work? Uh, well, know, that's that was pretty impressive. Well, thank you. I Not that I agree that. with everything. But sure. Sure. He, yeah. Uh,
0: how does it work? Uh, you know, like
2: the day before, like last week. When do you write it? Uh,
0: it depends. It depends. You- um, you know, right now, while we're coming off of this kind of break, I've had time to kind of do everything in no. advance, which is nice. And because yeah. there there is times where I'm doing this the night before or on my lunch break, and it feels like I'm sweating profusely. Um, yeah, 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 But yeah, usually yeah. it's just sitting on the couch and, you know, she's watching TV. I've got my headphones on. I'm listening to the song, uh, kind of going through my notes for all the dates and history. The technical parts, And then yeah. just kind of word vomiting until I – get ideas, and then clean it up a little bit, and then
2: realize I didn't clean up enough while I'm reading it. Do you think Revolver is a dark album? Yes.
0: Dark in that kind of, like, seedy underbelly of psychedelia kind of way. Does that make sense?
2: I don't know. I mean, I never thought of it as a a super dark I just thought it was just another one of their weird, you know, that mid-period, those... for me, it was three albums, but now it's obviously two. Later on, the Rubber Soul, Yesterday and Today, and Revolver. Like those three albums were like, oh, this is them all weird and experimenting yeah. and stuff and folky. And but there's some uplifting stuff on Revolver, right? Not that there except is. Except for that song. No, there there is. But I, you know,
0: I think for me, I've always found it like you get this stretch of um, mm-hmm. I'm only sleeping, or Eleanor Rigby, I'm only sleeping, uh, Love You Too which are all like minor key sometimes kind of dissonant uh then like you've got uh you've got um here there and everywhere is super pretty so that's an outlier yeah um yellow submarine then you've got like she said she said which is a major key but it's also not the most like it's talking about death there's a lot of talk about death on the album which i think is interesting
2: well just so you know as a I'm more of a music than a lyric guy when sure. I that's how songs appeal to me. Okay. So I'm a little more th- that so I guess I never thought of I didn't even know that song was about death until you just said right now. Mm-hmm. So um all right that's inter- that's interesting. Uh yeah, I I was thrilled that you that it, the song existed that I would I would be able to speak about it. This is what I love about that song. Well, yes, it's not one of the great Beatles songs obviously, but it I love that it's a piano song Mm. and I'm a piano. I play piano and I love that. It's there's like kind of that boogie woogie thing that happens that those little rolling things that's like, and I go like, I love 1930s boogie woogie, you know, Melux Lewis and all of those guys. So I, I don't know. I just thought it was Paul McCartney being able to, hear that stupid song daydream which by the way really catchy vaudeville oh, old-timey yeah. vaudeville song and they hear that and they're like oh I'm gonna be inspired by it I don't hear that song at all in it except that this is obviously not a song about 1966 mm. you know whatever this song is this is from a different time this is from what was the name of his dad's band Mac Jim McCartney Max
0: or Jim Max jazz band super, yeah, there you go so super I mean, original <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> so it was yeah it just seemed like it was a little more of that era of and so i love the piano playing i love that there's no real guitars on it except for the bass guitar is that correct
0: yeah which you can so that's you basically can barely even hear it
2: like, yeah it's so low in the mix and i don't know i just think it's like you use what did you use the word jo- jovial or? Jaunty. Yeah. jaunty. jaunty it's jaunty yeah yeah, I just—it's just Paul McCartney's ability to spit out with within his genius, just absolutely catchy, effervescent, fun songs. By the way, they played the song to wake up the astronauts and the cosmonauts in space. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, Julia, but that was the song they they played. I mean, it is—that's so cool. Yeah, it's just a really fun little song, mm-hmm. and. Again, the lyrics—I just listened to it lyric-wise, and they're pretty inane. The lyrics, you know. So, Mm -hmm. but that—that doesn't bother me. I love the walk down. I love the whatever that you know. Mm -hmm. Just I just think it's catchy as hell, and it's just the genius of Paul McCartney all all over that. And that it's a piano song. I also dig because there's not, you know. I mean, I guess there are a lot of piano songs, but that one is really fun really fun to listen to for me so i was thrilled to talk about it i'm not ready to trash it at all yeah do you hear julia or do you do you even care
1: uh oh i have a question are you a fan of like sort of what john would call like paul's like "Quote unquote granny shit, like the granny, honey pie kind of stuff. Like not honey pie,
2: but some. I like, (laughs) I love when I'm 64. Yeah, I think that's a really good song. So again, it depends on the structure of the song. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I feel like they're they just got high or got uh, smoked marijuana and tossed it away, and that it wasn't a good song. But yeah, some of those I do. I I think you've already trashed trashed 'Obladi Oblada,' right? Yes, we have. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) so that's, that's <laughs> also a John T.
0: song yeah
2: yeah but that's another one i love i just find it infectious yeah. and by the way when i saw mccartney not bragging i just saw him um <laughs> he played that song and he played it on the last tour too yeah he that's a real crowd pleaser oh 100 percent. so so that's just he has that ability to write what, granny songs, is that
1: what they call them? Yeah, his granny shit. Is yeah, it John, his John shit? Yeah. called his granny shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, he has a, the ability to write that. And I love that connection to his dad and to, there's something called music musical, mm-hmm. you know, performance that was very big in England that he's part of this sort of sing-along stuff. And, yeah, I real. So, again, it depends on the song, but I don't go like, oh, this is... Ridiculous. What it was it? Pat Boone could have written this. <laughs> right. oh. No,
1: Pat Boone could not have written this.
2: <laughs> I, I, All right. I'm getting something on. Are you see? Okay. Uh-oh. What? You, all right, sorry, sorry, I'm getting some there was something popped up on my screen. It had nothing to do with you. Oh. I panicked. Panicked all like good. a 90-year-old. All is good. <laughs> looking at the remote. The okay.
1: machine's broken. <laughs> Jonathan, come turn the machine off. <laughs>
2: yeah, sorry, sorry. But uh yeah, the, and and again, like what I said earlier, for me, those albums, Rubber Soul, Yesterday and Today, and Revolver were all the the midsection of their careers and again, now they're just, they've been collapsed back to two albums. But when I was a kid, that wasn't the way at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was so like rubber soul and started with a folk song, you know, yeah. or I just seen a face or something like that. So just, it's interesting how people I'm, wa- I'm wondering if there's going to be another way to digest these Beatles and there is, it's called streaming. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the number one streamed Beatles song is? I'm sure you do. I'll let you guess.
1: Oh, my God. Uh, hey, Jude? No. no. No? The number one stream Beatles song. I have no
3: idea.
0: It's not a John or Paul song.
1: Oh. That is correct.
0: Nor is it a Ringo song. <laughs> okay. You don't don't have have pass me by. It's <laughs> <laughs> the number one Beatles song of all time. <laughs> oh, my newer. God.
1: I'm dying. <laughs> um. Uh, Good Night Vienna. <laughs> the, is that the solo right solo Beatles song. Is Goodnight Vienna? Uh, I'll sorry. give you a hint. There's, uh, the,
2: it's about the sun also.
1: Oh, here comes the sun. Mm-hmm. Yep. Interesting. You got it. Yep. Interesting. I feel like
2: it's um, George Harrison's revenge on those right. guys that <laughs> <laughs> pay attention to him all those mm. years from the grave. He's like, I got you, bastards. Yeah,
1: <laughs> got him. <laughs> right. <Yep.
2: laughs>
0: But no, that's that's totally accurate. I think streaming gives a whole new way to listen, and you know, people don't necessarily the youths don't necessarily listen to like full albums. They find the playlist, and the playlist is whatever order that you know the algorithm mm-hmm. puts it in. Mm-hmm. Um, so their experiences are totally different, you know. And also, like you've got um, Beatles uh, Beatles Radio on Sirius XM, which we listen to all the time, mm-hmm. and you hear alternate versions and live versions and. Uh, you know, all kinds of things. It's a whole different experience than just like, here's revolver, let's listen to this, and now you go to Sergeant Pepper. Like it's just a right. very different uh intake, but still just as interesting. So what horse, on this? That's what I'm so saying. That
2: was my my whole point was that I digested the Beatles way different than you did. Right. And mm-hmm. there's somebody now listening to the Beatles who are getting it in a different way. So Yeah. I love that continuation. What you yeah. think on this one, my dear?
1: Um, first of all, to calling back to like what you were talking about, I I can see the through line from uh, Daydream to this, mm-hmm. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
1: but like Baby Love, I don't know. I <laughs> I don't. I, how? So it's
0: kind of in that same like it's got that same feel of like, dun, dun, baby, baby, don't leave me.
2: Gone. But that's not Baby sunshine. Love. You're not singing Baby Love. Oh. That's not.
1: What
2: is, what's, what is that? That's, I uh, don't want
1: to sing it because I'm not a good singer. Which then, one's Baby
2: Love?
1: Baby Love. Baby love. My, love my baby. Love. It's the same feel. I'm like I'm
2: getting oh, Cause I think of, I'm with you a hundred percent. I don't see that to yeah. date. Like daydream is do chink. Good. chink Yeah. What a day for a day. Yeah. Dream, you know, that kind of thing. Those yeah. two so, things
1: are not,
2: are you wrong? Are you going to back down on this? John, what's
1: going to happen <laughs> I, right now? I, I'm, I'm mean, not going to really back down. Repeating and I'll tell what you. they said.
0: That's what they said. So, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, John Sebastian said he was trying to write baby love and came up with daydream. So he obviously was, he didn't come up with the thing he was trying to come up with. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, and then Paul is trying to do Daydream, but I feel like Daydream and Baby Love, or I'm sorry, Good Day Sunshine and Baby Love <laughs> have kind of that same kind of swinging feel, like mm-hmm. from a rhythm perspective, but maybe like genetic kind of vibe, uh, the same genetic vibe as Daydream, that kind of like, Sunny day, I'm in love, everything's wonderful. What a day for a daydream. I'm in love and it's a sunny day. Like, it's kind of the same school of thought of, like, bouncy, happy first love, if that makes sense. Musically, I don't hear, there's no connection with daydream and good day sunshine. But
1: thematically, I I would
0: say it's pretty similar.
2: Okay.
1: Between daydream and good day sunshine? Yes. Yeah. But I'm, my issue is with baby love.
0: (laughs) I'm just saying they have the same tempo and same feel. God, I
2: love this window into your relationship. I'm loving it. We're going to fight about this all night, aren't we? You are going
0: to be cooking dinner. We're throwing food at each other. This is a piece, the is a piece of the puzzle, guys. <laughs> so
1: fair enough. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's a bit of a stretch okay. for me. No, it's more than a stretch. I don't want to say it all. Um, <laughs> just tell me I'm wrong. I, I think this... I think the lyrics match the song, like the whole feeling that he's invoking with the lyrics and the music, like it all works together and lands where it's supposed to, Mm -hmm. like, especially because you know where, why he wanted to write the song and what he was writing about and it all like nailed it. Um, There's no innuendo, there's no hidden meaning, it's a cheerful song about a cheerful day and that's exactly what you get. Um, I think it's a fine, like, middle of the rankings song. Like, it's it's here right in the middle. Like, it's, you know, it's not genius. I mean, it, maybe I shouldn't say it's not genius. I don't know.
0: I'd argue it could be genius.
1: Uh, it's not the best thing that they've done. It's certainly not the worst thing that they've done. It, it's just, like, a fine song. Like, it... It feels like one of those songs that he just, like, wrote in a day, in a couple hours, but and they put it on a record. But that's part of but the that's genius. that's part of the genius, is, is that he, he can, can write a song this good. shit
0: that out in a day, <laughs> and generations will sing it. Yeah. Because it's catchy as yeah. hell. It perfectly surmises it exactly what he's singing about. Yeah. Like, what is more perfect for, I'm in love and it's a sunny day, or a... Uh, what is it I, I feel good in a special way I'm in love and it's a sunny day <laughs> then the music that's playing behind that song yeah, it's yeah I, I yeah. agree
2: with Julia it does the music does match the lyrics yeah as kind of inane as they those are but yeah I agree with you 100% I would say maybe that they're all kind of infectious kind of toe-tapping songs mm-hmm as opposed to like here there and everywhere or something like that. So right. it's it's not
1: like creative genius, but it's a really good song. Yeah. Like it's not, you know, it's it's stirring an emotion in you and it might not be like a deep complicated emotion that sometimes we want from music, but it's like you know what? It's a it's like a spring day in song form, like a perfect spring day. What is it that well, and it's like, you know, Lo-
0: the expression of love can be either super, you know, heartfelt, you know, poetic depth, mm-hmm. you know, or it can just be like, I fucking love you and just kind of skipping around and slapping you on the ass and like having <laughs> a great day, you know, like it, it can be either thing. And I think this is just expressing that fun, lightheartedness of yeah. love. Yeah. You know,
1: um, uh. I feel like a lot of your reasoning for where you put the song is because of its context within the album mm. yes. Like you mentioned yes, that I a see, lot. It. I see yeah. it too yeah. I see that too yeah. Yeah. and I'm, I'm gonna take issue with that Ooh, because okay. we are ranking songs <laughs> not contextually <laughs> and I try to rank like place my judgments on just the song. I feel like it's unfair to oh, judge it okay. contextually. <laughs> <laughs>
2: even even when you get to those songs on the B side of Abbey Road, it's I... gonna be hard to un- uncouple those songs. So
0: I bit. I will I'll give you a little bit of the how the sausage is Uh-oh. made. Is that when it comes time to ranking that I have um, Golden Slumbers carry that way at the end are Lord I, Lord they Lord. have to be together so got it okay i'm not saying that these are their numbers but ten, nine, and 8 like right, right, they right, will right, fall right. into I those three you. yeah so, and you. then i've done the same for um me and mr mustard polythene pam and she came through the bathroom window
2: Are all one yes or, or would be all next to each other all next to each other yeah yeah gotcha all right good so, to know good to yeah. know can i ask you another sausage question yes Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band Reprise. Is that a separate song that will be judged at a later time? It is, actually, which is interesting. That's all I need to know. That's
0: because I have Sergeant Pepper and with a little help from my friends together, but then I put the reprise separate because I feel like that has a definite ending to it, even though it's crossfaded with the audience fade in. So that was kind of my science on that. Was like there's a definite ending here, so that's its own song.
2: I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you for your game within the game stuff. <laughs> quite <laughs> welcome.
0: So, how do we feel about 138 for Good Day Sunshine? Am I way off base? What would you say?
2: I agree with what Julia said. I think it's a great mid level Beatles song. Yeah. yeah. And it's just another example of Paul's ability to write incredibly catchy tunes and, and kind of visualize, excuse me. How he wants those songs to sound, mm-hmm. yeah. Because I assume that's the sound he wants of that song. Mm-hmm. So I just love it. Yeah, I love it.
0: It really is a great song. Yeah. Even at one thirty-eight, like, like I said, you know, earlier today, like, yeah, I have to put a song at number two twenty-three, but I still kind
2: of love it. Like, yeah. Um, oh you- no, I, we've got that. You've said that many times that you love all these songs. Yeah.
0: And yet I still yeah. get hate mail.
1: They <laughs> were get... all ranked Well, in you 12. knew
0: that was going to happen, oh, right? 100%. Yeah. Yeah, okay, okay.
1: okay. <laughs> I just always
0: find the ones that are like, why do you even do this? Do you even like this band? Do you know how many years of my life I'm
2: devoting to this
1: band? Do you know how much money we have put into Paul McCartney's pocket alone? Valid. At least one you of his cars. You need me to
2: Venmo you some money? What's happening? Is this
1: a pledge drive? Thing? Only you can save the predecessors. the arms of the
3: angels.
2: No, I, I think your passion for the band comes through. <laughs> I think yeah. really
0: do. I do. Well, Wayne, before we wrap up for the day, can we do some rapid fire yes.
2: questions? Rod, let's do it.
0: Awesome. And as I've, I've started saying this for everybody, it doesn't have to be that rapid. They rarely are. So um, mm-hmm. favorite Beatles song, and it can be of all time or it can be just today.
2: Well, I'm going to rattle off, because I knew this question was, I'm going <laughs> to rattle off five. Okay. I just love, yeah. just five songs that I just love. And I think, it, I don't know if they're even in the order. Anyway, there's a song called can't buy me love. There's a song called help there's a song called, Hey Jude, there's a song called come together. And then there's a song called, I want you Yes, that I just, I'd love those songs. Yes. I just, they just, I don't know with, again, it changes all the time. I don't, mm-hmm. But those are like, because I, again, I think of the Beatles as mop top Mersey sound up through help. And then the psychedelic, whatever that psychedelic middle thing, those three albums, now two albums. And then the fall apart records when the band is unraveling and you get the white album and, and, and Sgt. Pepper's in the middle of all of that. So, so I always try to like judge those songs. And I do think the Mersey sound guys get a little, um, so that the, those songs aren't really appreciated as much as for me as they are in the general public. Yeah. Everyone's like, Oh, how can you talk about, uh, I saw her standing there when there's a song called, uh, you know, the end or something like that, you know, like, no. well, I, I don't know. Beyond
1: ranking the Beatles have found a way to do it, <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know, or yeah. So anyway, that's my, uh, that's my take on that. That's those. a great What's answer. the next rapid? That's the uh, next rapid. Do you,
0: have, do you have a least favorite Beatles song?
2: Oh, a bunch of them. <gasps> a bunch of them I think are really garbage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that revolution number nine thing is ridiculous. (laughs) I think that Piggy's song is bad. Yeah. I think that, um, again, I know they, they, I know you're going to disagree with all, um, there's, um, I don't like, why don't we do it in the road? I don't think that's particularly good. And, oh, here's my big controversial one. Ooh, Hot take. It's going to get, it's going to get me hate mail. Okay. Okay. Within you, without you.
3: Oh, interesting yeah people
2: think that's a good song and i'm like you gotta be kidding me okay okay yeah Uh, yeah i know i know people some some people that's their favorite song sure off of of that album but
0: how do you feel about um love you too off revolver yeah
2: yeah i know because they're kind of flip Uh, sides of
0: the same coin
2: yes yeah yeah not great not great not great (laughs) but i think it's just because it was in the middle of you know this uh, this opus that they're doing mm-hmm. and then there's like oh i'm gonna guess what i'm gonna do this thing that no one's gonna like that okay say <laughs> <laughs> george harris is my least favorite <laughs> <So>. <laughs> i think
0: you can sense that right? i love it <laughs> <laughs> uh favorite beatles album
2: <laughs> i'll give it a couple a couple so I love Sergeant Pepper's, despite that song on it. I like Help again. Yeah. I just think that this the yeah. I mean, it's got Yesterday on it, and then Abbey Road. You know what I I don't is um like the Revolver or Rubber Soul are not in my top three. And I feel like most people I talk to, Revolver is their top album. Yeah. yeah. Like they they just think that's. I don't know how you feel, Julie, about that or anything, but it's really interesting how. That thing has, like, skyrocketed in my lifetime yeah. to the top. Did you get that sense?
0: Yeah. I, I feel like for the longest time, it was always, like, Sergeant Pepper was everyone's yeah, number yeah. one. And then it'd be, like, Revolver was, like, the cool stepbrother that, like, the cool yeah. kids liked. And now everyone says Revolver is their favorite. Um, and there was, there's been periods where Revolver was my favorite, but there's been periods where... Abbey Road was my favorite. There's been periods where mm-hmm. maybe Magical Mystery Tour was my favorite. Like, that's really? kind of... Those have... They've Almost, all kind of moved I'll tell around you know, for you know,
2: me. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if this is going to be your next question, but I don't think Yellow Submarine is anyone's favorite album of theirs. Probably not, no. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. But maybe a kid. I don't know. Maybe a kid. Maybe a kid that...
0: The one the the, the Beatles fan who, like, really loves orchestral scores, like, loves the second half of
2: Yellow Submarine. Can I throw a little piece of trivia in there That's I, again... You know, George Martin did the score for A Hard Day's Night. Again, I'm into these, especially those two movies, I feel like. Mm-hmm. But that he didn't get along with the director, Richard Lester, and didn't do the score for Help. Interesting. That is not, yeah. I don't know if he's banned from the set. I don't know exactly what happened, but it's really. Is it uh, like is Ken
0: Thorne? Is he the one that does the score for Help?
2: I think so. I think yeah. I think that's right. But it's really surprising because I no, I've never heard a bad word about George Martin in my yeah. whole life. Interesting. Like everyone, like he's the buttoned up guy who is six years older than him, but seemed like a dad to them and the whole. Mm. And then all of a sudden, what?
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. I didn't know that he was that they that they didn't get along. And that's why he wasn't involved.
2: Wow. There's actually an album he put out called George Martin Plays Help with his own orchestra and does songs. It's insane. <laughs> good for Like, him. again, this little side. Somebody with more Beetle knowledge can fill you in on that. But anyway. Yeah. What
1: did that director do?
2: Him
0: and Richard Lester?
1: I mean,
2: yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Now I'm curious.
1: Ooh. Now I want to dig in on this yeah. one. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going to need the dirt on that. Right. That sounds like a really good story. <laughs> like, what made George Martin say, I don't have time for this shit? <laughs>
2: <laughs> or could have been the other. Could have been, been the been other Richard way, Rester yeah. Going like, I can't deal with you and your white shirt and black tie or whatever.
1: You know? <laughs> nah. That's, that's the only nah. way I see that. It was You're way too much
0: pomade in your hair, guy. It's definitely
1: George Martin walking away. I'm going to I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like that version. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stick I with love, that. I love, have here. you ever <laughs> seen
0: uh, George Martin put out a record, I think it's called Off the Beatle Track, and it's all instrumental mm-hmm. orchestral versions of Beatles songs. This is like 1965 or 66. And I right. think- like the cover is like him in this kind of like loungy chair with like four or five women like laying around him. Wow. All okay, like man. with like bouffant hairdos and like Beatle albums. <laughs>
3: it's really
0: goofy. That's so but like, weird. Good on you, buddy. Yeah. Milk it. Right.
1: Uh,
2: I mean, I, I know we were talking about it earlier, but we were talking about all these pieces that came together to create the Beatles, but just him on the Parlophone label and this. Mm-hmm. T- And was the comedy record Yeah, a guy who came from comedy records, yeah. Yeah, so that's, you know, the goons and sellers. and It's just incredible.
0: Yeah. Sorry. That is kismet. Uh, What do you feel is the most overrated Beatles
2: song? Oh, man. That's a great... That I didn't expect. Okay, let me think. (laughs) Let me think. The most over... So what does that mean? The people love that I think is not... I don't really know... uh, Hmm.
0: Or one that you're just like, eh? You
2: know, that, well, everybody loves it. You're know, like,
0: yeah.
2: Well, I say, um I there is. I have to say, there is. There isn't like one super popular Beatles song where I'm like, what are people hearing in this? This is ridiculous. Like, I feel. Um, I will say just as a side note to this whole thing, because I talk to people a lot about their favorite songs and lists and things, and. One of the most infuriating answers I ever get with like someone like talking about, okay, mate, like, well, let it be. Mm. Like, somebody's like, and again, let it be is not my favorite song, but I get why that was a, a thing. And so <laughs> he was like, I used to like let it be, but then they played it too much and now I don't like it. It's like, you're a moron. That's not a reason. <laughs> To dislike a song. Yeah. You can't punish the song because it's popular. You can be tired of a song.
3: Yeah. You yeah.
0: can
1: be tired of personally. Like, the but connection
0: like, can change to it, but
1: yeah. It doesn't make it bad. Jesus. Yeah. It's
2: it's bad you, now.
1: It's bad now. Now you're right. right. I right have decided.
2: And you know why? Because it's too popular. All right. So I'm, I'm, I'm punting on that one. Okay.
0: Uh, yeah most underrated Beatles song. So yeah, now you just did, you just said, uh, I want you. She's so heavy. And I think is that's, that underrated. yeah, yeah. I think that's the most that's,
2: underrated Beatles song. Mm. If I, had to Oh, you do uh, mm-hmm. man. That song is epic. It's so great. That's so,
0: <laughs> it does it so much with so little
2: and yeah? it's yeah, such yeah, a yeah, cool yeah.
0: arrangement. It sounds like nothing they ever did. Uh, and I, I adore that track.
2: I'm with you, brother. Yeah. I am with you. I just, uh, yeah. And it's, In the headphones especially. Oh, yeah.
0: When you can really hear uh, Billy Preston on the chorus, just kind of really digging in like it's like he goes for the full gospel keyboard run. Oh, it's just so cool.
2: It's beautiful. It is really beautiful. Yeah. Uh,
0: Last one, your favorite Beatle memory. Anything associated with a Beatles song or the Beatles music was playing during a thing or you saw a thing?
2: I will have to say my – I think it's the credit sequence to help. Yeah. the opening credit sequence because it starts in black and white and it's, I don't want to ruin it for Julia. I don't want to ruin it, but <laughs> it's fine. You
1: can run it. It's and fine. again,
2: you know, that's one of my top five Beatles songs. Like, I just think that's pop music perfection. That yeah. song. Yeah. And it's not, it's not a love song. It's about a guy who's in trouble. Like it's really, uh, again, obviously one of my, so that combined with what's happening on screen is I would say one of my maybe my top Beatle memory now and that Al and I have another one. This is going to sound like a horrible brag, but I was at Dodger stadium and Ringo came on and played with Paul. Yeah. 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 That's not a brag. That's awesome. That's with Annika. So that was, yeah. And you know, Ringo's my favorite. So right. it was ridiculous. They were
1: like, ridiculous. he's here. I'd have paid so, twice well, this I know,
2: amount. no one cared. <laughs> no, people were excited. Oh, and yeah. I was excited to be like, oh, look, people
1: like that guy that no one talks about. <laughs> well, Listen, that, that, it's like.
0: That's like you at the
1: McCartney show. Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> I'll let you tell it. Oh,
1: uh, at the McCartney show, last time we saw him. And he was like, this one's for the Wings fan." And I was oh, like, "It's me!" me. She's like, she's a
0: huge Wings fan, probably more so than a Beatles fan. Uh, and so when he finally goes, "This one's for the Wings fans," it was like quiet in the audience. In this high-pitched voice, she goes, "It's me!" And our entire section like laughed because
2: it was adorable. It was. But is it was that so was funny. it? The song "Come On In"? Is that the name of the? I think song? it was for "Come
0: On In," yeah, or uh, "Let Him In." Yeah, let him in. Let him in. Someone's knocking at the door. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I found audio from the show for that. Aw, I love <laughs> it. And you can hear her screaming? No, you can't hear her, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> we were in like the nosiest of nosebleed sections yeah. the last time we saw him. Yeah. But
1: that was that was a good time. I think I missed half the song because I was laughing too hard with our entire section. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> it was well, he's been play. playing band on he's been playing band on the run forever. Yeah. Alive. I mean, yeah. He, that's a that's a state that's like a staple. And if I'm not mistaken, And I don't think I am. I believe Live and Let Die is a Wings song.
0: Yes, that is Paul McCartney with Wings. What's the point where it becomes Paul McCartney with Wings? Or end Wings? (laughs) I don't know. Because at first it was Wings when they did Wildlife, and then that didn't sell. So then uh, Red Rose Speedway is now Paul McCartney and Wings, and I think it stayed that until maybe Wings at the Speed of Sound. Oh,
2: and then it just became Wings. Then it
0: became Wings again. Once he was oh, like a, gotcha. a okay. sellable entity again, As w- once Wings mm-hmm. was a sellable thing, they went with it, I think, after Band on the Run's success.
2: You know what song I love from that band that's so ridiculous, but I don't, again, Julia, help me out with the name of it. It's like called Magneto and Cosmonium or something oh, like that. Magneto yeah. and Titanium, <laughs> man. <laughs> that's it.
0: <laughs> the song makes no that sense, and I love it. It's yeah. so
1: catchy. It's all so good like I'm with you.
0: I think it's about like Marvel comic characters like It is. I think I think that's what the the inspiration is at least. Um but yeah, I I love that track. That's such a fun song. And again it's just it, I, it probably means nothing, but it's now, a blast. Julia.
2: I have a question for you and yeah. I know I know I've gone over time. But oh, you, here's yeah. my question. You're
1: fine. There's no have time. Have you
2: do you listen to I mean do you watch on YouTube like I feel like there's Wings concerts keep popping up that I never knew existed? Uh, do you watch any of those, or do you care about that? I or? haven't,
1: but because I, I never thought about it. But now yeah, I'm going to. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like it never crossed my mind to like search for Wings concerts on YouTube. I don't know why, but that's. Uh, I mean, there's the big now.
2: concert, the you know the one they made the film out of. But there's other ones that are like from Europe that are
1: incredible,
2: mm-hmm. and especially okay. did about. How big a Wings fan are you? Now I'm that sorry. You're...
1: <laughs> I just never thought to search YouTube about it.
0: <laughs> she doesn't go down the YouTube rabbit holes I on things. I I'm,
2: oh, I'm well, like a... email me if I think you're going to love it. Because Paul is, in a way, Paul is like, you know, John is still alive. So he's like, he's out on tour. He's doing this thing. and it's like, I'm sure he wants John's approval from all of this. And so he mm. is, he sings a couple beat, always sings a couple Beatles songs, but not a lot, not a lot. And it's, uh, you know, the band's okay. The band's good. The band's good. The songs are good. And, but he is like really trying hard. Yeah. yeah. He is trying hard to be the guy. And yeah. it's incredible. And he's just full of life. And it's, I love it. Love that era of Paul
0: McCartney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially when he has the mullet and the mustache. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. And he's got like a sparkly outfit on oh. so cute. I, i've tried to imagine like the beatles getting together in 75 when paul's that mm-hmm. like the sparkly jacket thing and it's like oh god i, I can't oh. imagine the four of them doing yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> right. i think of like when you see the videos of like the beach boys in the mid-70s and mike loves in like a turban with no shirt on <laughs> like what is happening with these people like <laughs> i could picture george Enough. doing the same thing back
1: when mike love was cool he, <laughs>
0: Let's not go down that rabbit hole today
2: <laughs> We've already talked Beach Boys on this episode there was a, there was, right? There's a always bit. room
0: to talk We're, Beach Boys Oh yeah.
2: my gosh yeah. Okay, so is there any other rapid fire? Or That's just fire? It. You've done it I love it You've done it What's what's
0: coming up for you? Where can everybody follow along with everything you got going on? Where can they get your book? Plug, plug, okay. plug yes. Sell, 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 you. Sell, Thank sell, you. Thank you. Thanks. I'm, I'm not good at this I'm not good
2: at this <laughs> So if you're interested in the history of stand-up, I have a book called "The History of Stand- Up," from Mark Twain to Dave Chappelle, and you can get it at, you know, the big behemoth that's called Amazon. You might have heard of it. go there, you can get a Kindle <laughs> version, you can get a, a paperback version. It's not long. It seems like it would be long, like 160 years. Does but- that make you a paperback writer? Uh, look uh, at that. My own medicine. Oh, right back at me. Yes. Oh, boy. I'm a paperback writer. And I have to deal with the tax man. Uh, Guys, oh, we can go. go all night. We can go all night with this. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Of course, it could be a tax person. I don't want to <laughs> get
1: canceled. I don't want to get canceled. <laughs> you don't need to be gender specific. Fine. Exactly. Person. <laughs> tax person. are
0: gonna have to re-record that song. <laughs> Somebody get guys, Donnie Harrison you. on the phone.
2: Um, but that's it. You know about me and my stupid Ringo obsession, and you know the whole thing now. So this has
0: been that's cool. this has been so much fun, man. I really appreciate it uh this we have 137 left to go uh if you would like to come back we would love to have you back Uh again this has been a. well now you know
2: my thing i think you would see now i want to have now i I
0: feel like we should have you back for a ringo song and we can kind of deep dive on ringo because a lot of people don't want to talk about ringo hmm.
2: Right, and again, I'm not. I don't think Ringo's a good vocalist. So, just sure. so you know, I, I, it's it's not. That's not why I love that guy. But I yeah, he's yeah.
1: a fine vocalist. I don't have a. Hey, well,
2: let me ask you this, Julia. Yes. In all honesty. Yeah. If he wasn't in the Beatles, and he was just fronting a band in a bar. That voice, that limited vocal range,
3: mm-hmm.
2: not even drumming, just like singing
3: mm-hmm.
2: on a microphone. Would you think that like oh that that guy could it's an interesting voice.
1: I don't know that he could carry a band with like such a variety of songs. Like he like mm-hmm. you said, limited vocal range. But I think the songs that he does, he does them well. I think he is his voice has like a charm and warmth to it. Um, maybe because maybe it's because he's not an amazing vocalist that it feels more charming and uh what's the word I'm looking for? Like you can sing along a little bit easier because it's not a challenge to sing along to. Like, kids can sing along to Yellow Submarine, you know, like, or Octopus's Garden because it's not...
2: Not hitting some wild melodic run. I'm just, I
1: just think it's,
2: I think for me, again, he's my favorite Beatles, but I think it's because he's surrounded by those three incredible vocalists. Mm -hmm. For sure. That you're just like... Sure. Yeah. I I'd love I I'd love that they threw him songs. Like that that thing is insane. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. At one point, couldn't they have just gone like just, no just sit back. <laughs> no, he he contributes a lot to the band, but mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. let me think about that, Julia. That's a good point. Like and I do think people kind of root for him to like like a kid, you know when like a kid at a uh, talent show or something? Yes. I think people are like yeah. Is he gonna be able to truth? Yes. Boys uh <laughs> <laughs> well I, I love the story
0: at uh, when they're doing with a little help from my friends and he's got to hit the big high note at the oh, end yeah. and the three of them are right off mic like come on buddy you got it buddy so sweet. and then he hits it and they're like yeah and they all cheer <laughs> right, for him
2: as lovely as that story is and I believe it's true there's something a little patronizing about it also a little bit like,
0: well it goes like back to the... that, that joke that I think was on I think it was Family Guy where yeah. you know Hey, everybody, I wrote a song. Oh, we're going to put it right here on the fridge. Like, Yeah, it is, <laughs> it, is it is. patronizing. But I think...
2: Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you you little buddy. You, you you know. did it.
1: Gold star. <laughs> no, no, I, again,
2: I... Yeah, so anyway, so that would be awesome. That Let's would be awesome. Let's do it. I mean, okay. it's
1: hard when you're in a band with three of the greatest songwriters of all time. Valid. <laughs> Valid. <laughs> Ugh, yeah. You know, yeah. Awesome. And you're just not yeah. like you're amazing at what you do. There's no one else that could have done what he did for the Beatles.
2: Yeah. I, I Julie, we're going to have a good time. When, yeah. when I come back, we're going to talk about Ringo. wasn't
1: his strength, but you know what? <laughs> God, they it's... cheered him on anyway. And like, he's got some really good songs. It's teamwork, baby. Yeah. It's teamwork. Yeah. It's very yeah. sweet. It's very Ted Lasso. like. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well,
2: well done. Speaking well, Wayne,
0: this much. has been a blast, man. Thank you so much. I can't wait to do it again. Uh, Come back anytime. Let's do it.
2: Okay, cool. You know how to reach me. You you have my number. Yes. Is that, is that a song? Uh, Don't look me up. Something. What is that song called? I know your name. I'll look up the number. i <laughs> look up. Yeah, you know my name. I'll, I'll just I'll, email uh, you, though. Yeah, that's better. That's better. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm leaving the meeting. I'm leaving All the right, meeting. Man.
0: All right, man. Thanks so okay. much, Wayne. Good night, bud. Wayne Fetterman, everybody. That was a lot of fun.
1: That was. What a nice guy. I like having very funny people yes
0: it makes me feel like i have less work to do when Mm. i can just let somebody talk and be humorous yeah yeah but uh yeah friends go check out wayne's book the history of stand-up and uh look for the george carlin's american dream documentary that he produced which i think is out on hbo and i assume their streaming platform right now nominated for
1: an emmy It's that's pretty amazing yeah
0: uh, we are gonna have to watch that.
1: We are. It's actually been like on. My I think list. it's in our queue. Uh, on yeah. HBO. But so. I haven't had an opportunity to like sit down. Yeah. And dedicate the, the the time and attention that it deserves because George Carlin is amazing.
0: Yes. Very much so. Yeah. So friends, what do you all think about Good Day Sunshine at number one thirty eight? Are we too high? Are we too low? Or just like baby bear's porridge? Tell them the rest, Julia. Just right. That's correct. Let us know what you think. You can follow along with everything that we're doing and let us know your thoughts on all the social media platforms that we are on. Those include Facebook, where you can find us at...
1: Ranking the Beatles.
0: Instagram, where you can find us at... Ranking the Beatles. And Twitter, where you can find us at... Ranking Beatles. That's right. And uh, if you also want to check out rankingthebeatles.com, and uh, if you're enjoying what we do and you want to throw a little support our way... You can always drop an extra coin or two and buy us a cup of coffee and uh, helps us keep the lights on here at ranking the Beatles headquarters or grab you a t-shirt or a coffee mug or a shower curtain or whatever kind of nonsense that the graphics are on. Or you can get your own uh, rank, your rank, your own Beatles poster and rank your own damn Beatles and put them in the list that you think is better than mine. Do it yourself. And then share it with us and let us know how you rank them. So, We hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. This has been a whole lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it, my dear? I did. Wonderful.
1: Let's have Wayne back.
0: Let's do it. Okay. We'll do it again. So, friends, that's it for this week. We'll see you next one. Uh, Until then, I'm Jonathan. And I'm Julia. This has been Ranking the Beatles. Adios.
1: Bye, y'all.